Yo, what's good, y'all? This is St. Joe, soundsofgear.com, back with my crew, Learn Your Gear, Episode 2. And today we're going to get into talking about, we had a question about levels when you're producing, like volume levels, or before you even get into mixing and, you know, adding cues and compressors and everything like that. The question was specifically, how do, how do I manage my levels, or do you have any tips for managing your levels of your different instruments in your tracks? So before we get into it, as always, want to do... Let everybody have a quick introduction, just in case it's somebody's first time. We want them to know who you are. So, as always, we're going to start with Stoney. Hi, uh, my name is Stoney. Uh, from New York, uh, music producer, technology expert. You know, um, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for having me. Like this ain't your show. You know, we all we all <laughs> squad here. Uh, next, we'll go to uh, we'll go to my man Sean. What's up, everybody? Sean Devine. I'm a music producer, mix engineer, and sound designer. For sure, for sure. And then Daydream Sound. What's up, everyone? TDS, uh, just a musician. Yep, yep. And then my man Kev, Kev Ellip. What's happening, everybody? I am back. Yes, I'm yes. back again. Um, music producer, sound design, mix engineer. I do pretty much everything. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes, indeed. And for those of you that don't know, um, St. Joe, sounds and gear, music fanatic, audio geek, instructor, all that type of stuff. So um, we we all love sound here. So, yeah, like I said, the topic is managing your levels. It could be managing your levels when you're producing or for some of you guys, you know, managing your levels when you're tracking. But the basic idea was how do you approach um, getting your things to sit properly before you start adding EQs and compressors and you know any of those other external processors and um we'll just let we'll let stony start it off she was already she was already dropping knowledge before we started recording but so i mean for me you know like i was uh saying earlier um my process you know depends on the type of music that i'm doing right and uh what my what my focus is you know um you know going into uh producing a track if if i have a particular focus and I know what genre of music I'm going to be tackling. I usually, um, I usually, uh, the way that I pick my sounds kind of dictate the way that the levels are going to, um, yeah. are going to be, are going to be used, are going to be used. I mean, I, uh, I think it's about picking great sounds. If you pick yeah. great sounds and sounds that cut through, cut through the frequencies that you're looking for, um, it makes it easier when you get to that level where the stage where you have to mix and you have to, um, you don't have to overcompensate for what you don't have right. um, by picking sounds that aren't that great. Uh, yeah. So oh, for God. me, it's usually, you know, my, my master uh, level is always at unison. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just pick the, the, the sounds that, that cut through, you know, yeah, I, now for, my, now my, my, yeah, my process is just picking the right yeah. sounds. The now, for those those that are watching that may not understand the terminology, when you say at unison, what are you what are you referring to? I'm at zero. Yeah. Thank I'm you. At, all right. I'm, I'm all at right. a flat. Like all my levels are flat. I don't yeah. start off with the master level being too hot or mm-hmm. up too loud. I keep it flat, and then while I'm working, I usually keep you know my monitors at a low level. You know, yeah. even when I'm creating, yeah. I keep it at a low level so that I can hear. Uh, the frequencies properly yeah. and yeah. again it depends it depends on what you're using also some people right. are using headphones that yeah. changes when you use headphones and Definitely. it changes if you're using monitors and you're in 
a particular room or you're in a studio or you're in, you know, so I, I would, you know, I would recommend just work, pick great sounds. I mean, yeah. that's, that's to me, that's what the way I start. Yeah, definitely. Now, now one thing, like I said earlier, one thing I noticed about your music, cause I am privileged to have heard a lot of your music. Um, your drums are always banging. And so is there, is there a specific, is it simply the sounds that you choose or do you specifically focus on making sure your drums have their space compared to, and then build everything else around that? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, in creating music in general, you know, I, I always use the analogy of a full circle, you mm-hmm. know, and each instrument has its place in that circle. Yeah. Um, each frequency has its range within that circle as well. Um, gotcha. I think because of, years and years of just doing it so so much um i kind of take it for granted that uh, i just do it yeah. there's no thought process i do it and um i use my ears a lot you know yeah. um i don't assume because i have a kick that i'm going to roll off a certain amount of frequency or mm. add frequency just because it's a kick or just because it's a snare a hi hat yeah. um i just use my ears and whatever texture that i'm looking for whatever sound i'm looking for i'm i go for it you know what i mean yeah. like I might have a kick that doesn't have as much low end, but it works for whatever track that I'm doing. So it, I don't have one formula for every track that I do. Definitely. Everything definitely. is always different. And sound selection is everything for me. So when you hear my, my drums and they're smacking, they're smacking before I even add anything to it. Right. Gotcha. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Definitely yeah. dope. Um, Ella, man, what about you? I want to, I want to get over to you because, um, I know you dibble and dabble in a lot of different arenas in terms of where your music is going. Um, so it would be interesting to hear, kind of hear your approach to this. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, everybody knows that you should record your levels at red at all mm-hmm. times. That's what makes your, your mix sounds <laughs> totally awesome because everybody is doing it, you know. Right. No, <laughs> seriously. Um, I mean, I, I agree with Stoney. Um I, it, it really depends on what what you're doing. Um, I do I do a lot of band recording. Well, you know I have live dr- drums, piano, yeah. bass, guitar, organ, mic in the organ. Like I I've done live sessions before, and and I think the most important thing is when recording. If we're talking about recording in that could be for vocals or instruments. Um, it's very important that you. Um, that you do not record hot. Mm-hmm. Um, what I tend to do is try to stick around. Like, um, I think every dog is a little different, but like I try to stick around like right before the meter hits yellow or something like that. So that might be like, I don't know, negative 18 DB or something like that, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of in there where it's strong enough, but it's not hitting so hard. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. so I just think it's it's important to um, record everything at, at at a good at a good level. Yeah. So so even the um the master track the master track I I don't touch the master track either. I I, I keep it at Unity Gang yeah. or whatever. But the the individual inputs, you know what I'm saying. You just make sure that it's not hitting hard yeah. or whatever, and that that essentially gives the mix engineer space to do what he has to do. And then when the master engineer gets in, he has space to do what he needs to do. So, I mean, right. it's just really like, you know, just making sure that you're not going in the red when recording 
Mm -hmm. And also like to piggyback what Stoney said, if, if, if you're using instruments from within like software or anything like that, you just make sure that it's not peaking, bring your levels down. Sometimes, sometimes it sounds better that way, you know, because everybody wants to hear knock and whatever, but that's why they make compressors, uh, compressors and EQs and things like that to, uh, to, um, incorporate that knocking sound you know what i'm saying yeah. learning how to use your 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 gear yeah in, you know in that time so dope dope now you mentioned you mentioned on the recording do you do you have the same approach when you're producing in the box in terms of the the db levels that your tracks are at like do you bring them all down first when you're starting or do you just kind of leave them and and it's based on what type of instrument you're using Cause some, you oh. know, sometimes you could pull up a plugin and it's super loud and other plugins, you know, they have all their sounds way down low. So just wondering if you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little different. Like, like when, when you are, uh, when you're recording in, yeah. you're looking at certain levels, but I like to also mix while I'm recording yeah. as well to kind of give Definitely. like a taste, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? While we, while we all listening and playing it back or, or whatever. So I, I may just, you know, I never really, as far as my channels, I there is never at zero. They are, you know, I definitely bring them down yeah. and kind of like mix on the fly as we go on. So that's that's one approach yeah. that, that I take. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, my man, Sean, uh, again, I know you probably have a pretty unique approach as well um, within your own music. And then you do a lot of uh, client mixing as well. And like Ellip, you do a lot of music for tv and different things like that so it'd be interesting to hear your your take and kind of how you approach this this whole cool. idea of levels yeah yeah so i mean just kind of building off of what you was saying uh, my production and mixing processes are kind of one and the same gotcha. so my uh, mixing choices will kind of influence the sounds i'm using how they're going to be used in the production and back and forth, like they, they really inform one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if, um, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out here who do that as well, but um, yeah. that's just something that over time I've just gotten more comfortable with, you know, having something like a compressor kind of give the sound, the flavor gotcha. that's going to inspire my next idea for the production or, you know, just all these choices you can make in mixing are creative as well. So yeah. I've just gotten really excited about, you know, that aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm definitely mixing as I'm going. I'm making sure, you know, levels and things are going to feed my effects uh, the mm-hmm. proper way, whatever. Um, that said, I'm not really that concerned with clipping as long as I can't hear it. That's what I always tell people is like, you know, yeah. it's you're going to see some red indication sometimes as long as it's not audibly distorting. I wouldn't be that concerned with it. Yeah. However, in the tracking stage, like going with what he was saying, there's a sweet spot for, you know, your mic coming into your preamps. Every preamp kind of sounds a little bit different at different levels. So you just kind of have to experiment and figure out what works. Cause if you go too quiet, it doesn't really work as well. And if you, obviously if you go too loud, I mean, you can't go back from distorting. So um, you definitely don't want to get that hot. Uh, right. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of just rough overview. Um, again, my, my mixing process is uh, a big part of, you know, starting out with the producing and all that. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, TDS, man. Uh, 
I want to hear your perspective from, I know you, you touched on tracking as well, so you can touch on the tracking aspect, but also I want to hear your perspective in terms of your production because everyone here knows that when you're producing your tracks, you're dealing with the, you know, the older samplers and the things like that. So I want to hear how you kind of approach your levels when you're making your tracks there, as well as how you approach it when you're tracking different things. Yeah. Okay. I, um, tracking, I kind of, uh, I keep it sort of the old school way. So I'm, when I began tracking, it was like, you're tracking digital, but you also had tape in mind. So I'd always kind of come in at minus 18 dB analog mm -hmm. zero. Yeah just to keep things, you know, so I could translate to different platforms. And I still do that now. Gotcha. Um, when I'm tracking, I think I'll mix, I'll mix bit rates. Mm -hmm. I'll keep the sample rate the same, but I'll mix bit rates sort of to do a pre mix certain things. I want to sound a certain way. So I'll, I'll reduce or up the bit rate. Interesting. And I'm tracking just to give it a different, it's a subtle EQ thing that I do just to give a different sort of perspective on what That's things dope. sound like coming in. Yeah. When I'm going out, I'm definitely trying to, if, mostly I'll go to 24 bit. If I can, I'll do 32 bit float uh, mm -hmm. just because of whatever I'm adding in. I don't know what's going to come out on the other end, but even then before it goes to mastering, I'll try to bounce around minus 12 DB. That's where I kind of want my mix at unless yeah. something that I'm mixing deserves to be that hot. Cause gotcha. it does sound different, even though it's digital, like Sean was saying, there is, you know, especially when you're at 32, but if you're hitting the meters really, really hard and it sounds good, I'll leave it. And I don't care. And the mastering engineer, he'll have to deal with it. Yeah. A lot of the times they don't care. I used to apologize yeah. a lot. You know, if yeah. I went anywhere near the red and gave a mix to a mastering engineer, I'd be like apologizing. They'd be like, no, it's okay. Yeah. So that's kind of what I deal with. Now with mixing, um, I'm a pretty emotional mixer. Like I'll just, whatever I hear that grabs my attention, I'll just follow that. And that's going to get the spotlight. Or if it's a number mm. of things, I don't really think about the levels or how it's going to sound or, you know, what's right or what's wrong. Yeah. If something sounds good to me, it's going to stay that way. And right. a lot of times, you know, traditionally it's wrong. Yeah. Like I'll have something like a low end kick that's pan hard right or hard left. <laughs> And yeah, if you're tracking that to vinyl, you're going to have a problem. But if I can get away with it in a mix or if I can bounce it out with something else so that even if I print to vinyl, it's not shifting the groove too much, I'll leave it like that just because that's what I want to go with. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's pretty much the way I do things. It's pretty much all vibe. If yeah. it sounds good, I leave it, you know. Like once you learn the basics and you know what you can get away with within the realm of audio and where it's ultimately ending up, yeah. I think that's the most, important thing you have to know you have to know what you're dealing with and how far you can push it yeah because that's that's your creative box right you know especially with vinyl there's certain things you just cannot do yeah. but you can play you know you could dance on the line you could go right up to the line but you can't cross the line as long as you know where that <laughs> line is yeah you know you got that creative freedom to play within that box and that's that's all i do yeah yeah definitely no man and i think you touched on some stuff that i think sean was talking about earlier yeah. Um, about the whole mixing process and it being, you know, not just utilitarian, but also a creative part of the process as well. Um, yeah. And you shared something that was pretty interesting, man, when you was talking about tracking at different bit rates. Now, do you have any examples of um, where you would do that? Like what type of sound you would change the bit rate on when you're tracking it and, and maybe what bit rate you would change it to? Vocals. 
Yeah. If I have someone that just, you know, especially a female voice, if I'm getting too much sibling, so I just want to soft them up and sound real feminine, mm-hmm. I'll bounce down the bit rate. And sometimes, sometimes I'll do the whole song at like 22 mm-hmm. kilohertz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'll, well, when I'm mixing it, I'll, I'll press to something higher and yeah. I'll take that risk in whatever, you know, whatever sample rate conversion that might artifacts might show up, but just to soften things up. Yeah. Like all my stuff, you'll hear it sounds really, really softened. I don't yeah. have anything that's really sharp or yeah. raised or defined. Everything's kind I'm of blurred away. Yeah. So that's kind of the sound I'll get just to naturally get rid of that high end or anything above 10 hertz. It's just not going to be there. You yeah. know what I mean? So with the bit rate, it helps give a subtle compression because you just don't have that dynamic range anymore and you get a lot of noise. It can yeah. sound good. It can sound bad. But if you know what you're dealing with, it will sound good. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, I, I find that interesting, man. And I wonder, I wonder, is that due to your ear being trained with the equipment, you know, with your preference for the older samplers and the older equipment? I wonder if that's that plays a part in how you track and how you record and, and what you like to hear from your music. Because as so. you as you're talking, it's like the same thing that you're the same characteristic that you're trying to get from your vocals and your recordings and your song. That's kind of the same the same vibe and characteristic that a lot of your actual samplers and equipment delivers. Yeah, that's yeah, kinda... it's, it's I pick the samplers that I like <laughs> for that sound. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like an extension of it. Right. Right. You know, because the best thing to do with an older sampler, if you really want to retain the sound of an old sampler, is to record at a really high sample rate, a really high bit rate. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to just preserve it, that's what I want. That's what I would do. But I kind of want to. It's just another part of it, like another step of how can I actually get what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so no. sampler is one step. Tracking is one step. Mixing is a whole another area where I get to play around in. Yeah. That's you know, that's dope, man. Yeah. That's that's dope. Uh anybody else got any any uh any creative things that they like to do uh that, that may be a little off off kilter that people may not necessarily always think about. I know Sean was talking about getting specific characters from specific compressors, but um anything and I know Stoney got all the tricks. Stoney got all types of tricks. Um, but anybody got anything else that they want to share along that line? Like something that's a little bit creative that somebody can take and try. Um, on, the, on their next track or the next time they're tracking something or even in just their production session when it comes to their levels and, and getting things to mesh differently? Um, I mean, <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, if you're talking about recording into the DAW, we're talking about recording. I mean, there's just a bunch of cool tools out there like foot pedals and, mm. you know, um, just different processors that you can add to the recording. I mean, yeah. I don't know. For me, it is that those are like huge questions because yeah. it's it's about the style of music you're doing. Right. It's about um, there's just so many different answers to that question, you know. Yeah. And um, man, I don't know. I, it's just so many. It, it depends on the genre. It depends on what you're targeting, what you're trying to do. Um, but uh, recording in, I mean, then it's your vibe. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like a, that's a, 
it's a it's a loaded thing, it's a know? yeah like, it's a loaded question it's a loaded question yeah it's, it's definitely loaded, loaded. <laughs> it's definitely right. loaded but you know I'm I'm trying to dig in because I know you I know all you guys man I know you know you guys all got just see for really me awesome I don't have stuff, one so. set way that I do anything exactly right. you know yeah. what I'm saying like I you know I, I I'll get a singer in here and if you know if the vocal sounds a certain way I'll, you, I'll use a U87 or I might use mm-hmm. a 414 if I want a certain kind of sound but it Again, it depends on the kind of record. If it's a pop record, I might use a 414. If it's a, you know, more soul, more, you know, uh, R&B ballad type record, it'd be, yeah. you know, U47. You know, depending yeah. on uh, the record and the style and the the way Not that the... I'm recording the artist, you know, the artist, yeah, yeah. Voice, the timbre, it's so many layers, right? Now, for you, for you, for you guys that deal with all these different microphones, do you find yourself... Um, adjusting your levels more so to the microphone or to the preamp that the microphone is going into both yeah preamp especially i mean the preamp (laughs) it's just so touchy you know depending on what preamp you're using you can get a totally different sound whether you're at you know three o'clock or it just it depends so i'm always really careful about you know setting the preamp and depending on how dynamic your your vocalist is you're gonna have to be you know Mm -hmm. kind of bringing it back a little bit Right. Monitoring levels that way, mm-hmm. um, but I think the the key that the the key takeaway that folks out there can get from a lot of what what uh, is being said is you just have to be intentional. You know, yeah. it's like TDS was saying he's got he's kind of softening up these sounds when he's recording. Yeah, you can go that route, or you know, I, I tend to be on the other end where I'm, I like things really pristine and clear and you know, depending on where the artist wants to take the record, it's like you have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And when you record something, maybe you want to go at it aggressively. Maybe you want to push levels and clip really heavily. And that's part of your sound. I mean, you hear about right. a lot of producers these days, you know, who are, have radio records and that's part of their sound is just crushing the heck out of the plugins in the DAW yeah. uh, as far as it'll go. So it's, you know, you have to make that decision of stylistically, where do I want to, where do I yeah. want to go with? And I, and I think also, Joe, you know, to speak to what um, Sean is saying, it, a lot of this stuff is experimental too. You Definitely. know, a lot of this stuff it, is just doing, a lot of doing, you know, so whoever's watching this and they have questions about levels and play with these toys. That's yeah. what they're there for. You know, yep. grab a lot of presets, you know, listen, use your ears, listen, 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 listen. And then yeah. do things multiple times. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Record that vocalist on different mics and listen to the to what to what the the outcome is. You know, like right. uh, it's just you have to just experiment. You know, I yeah. think I think all of us know in this room that we've been doing it for a long time, and some of the things we learned in the beginning and what we know now are completely different. You know, just right. by you know a trial and error. Yeah. You know, trying different compressors trying different you know and then when you find the one thing that does speak to your sound you know stick to it master it find out everything about that thing that you love and um push the push the envelope don't yeah. stay stuck in a, another person's idea of what correct is exactly you know, there's no there's no correct way or incorrect way you know, like uh, yeah. find your voice your way your style and I mean, I know guys who don't use plugins, who just yeah. use the stock. They use well, they use plugins, but not you know third-party plugins. Right. They use they use stock compressors. They use yeah. whatever that software came with, and they're making amazing music. Definitely. They don't have like 
you know, these high profile plugins or external, you know, compressors. Just master what you have. And um, yeah, the messaging I want to give uh, people is you don't need to go and buy this in order to make your sound incredible. You yeah. have to just learn what you have and make it do what it does. Yeah, you know and I, mean? I think one of one of the things that you touched on is actually where I was going to go next is the fact that there is no one way, and that's 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 kind of the whole point that I'm trying to get across is a lot of times people will ask us questions and they're looking for a golden ticket, they're looking for a golden answer, they're looking for a this is what you need to do and it's going to sound like this, but at the end of the day, it's all about being creative and going with like you said, it starts with your sounds and the vibe that you're trying to go for and all these different things. Um, and there is there's one there. Are, Maybe a certain situation where I think there may be some standards, and I want to talk to uh, Kev and Sean about this specifically. When you guys are submitting for TV, is there a specific standard that you guys try to reach in terms of levels and all that different thing that that the broadcast or the licensing folks are looking for? E, you want to hit it first? Go ahead. Well, I was gonna. <clears throat> Before I answer that question, I was I was I was going to agree with the the, the first statement when we were talking about being creative. Like yeah. that is one of the reasons why I created a segment on my YouTube channel called Art of Sound. Yeah, because I definitely feel like there isn't one way to go about something. Exactly. I, I constantly get taxed on. Yeah. Uh, certain ways I do things. I got people coming in. No, you shouldn't do it this way. And blah yeah. blah blah. You know what I mean? And I'm like that's just my approach and yep. there is like a million more. So, exactly. you know, you know, I, I get, I get a little aggravated at yeah. like that, that comes in and have one way of doing things and, and make it seem like I'm doing the wrong thing, but yeah. it still works and my client is happy. And so, exactly. <laughs> yep. so I don't know what, what else to tell you. Yeah. But I mean, um, but as far as, uh, as far as submitting um, music to uh, TV and things like that, Again, that just it kind of depends on what they're looking for because they usually have like specific um details as to how they want things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um a lot of times like if it's for film or um anything that that has a big um I don't know if you need to send it as fat as fat as possible I, I try to send it no less than 48 uh you know the sample the sample rate because the the you know the bigger the sample rate it tends to the the overall sound tends to, uh, it's it's a fatter sound because because mm -hmm. it, it's coming across these uh, theater monitors and you know what I'm saying. So like when you get into stuff like that, it, the process is a little bit different. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. There was um, I was in a studio and I was doing specifically post production, Joe, for for a while, and so we mm -hmm. we did a lot of that kind of thing, and the standards are a lot. I would say they're more strict in terms of right. level specifically. Yeah. You you have to uh, submit according to certain loudness standards and their averages. It's not really like a peak, like in music, you know, we're more like RMS or peak or, you know, that kind of thing. This is more of an average level across yeah. the entire track or whatever it is you're working on. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of have to stay pretty consistent with that. Yeah. Um, that said, if you're just submitting music or film or television, in my experience, it's not really any different because the people in post are going to gotcha. do whatever they need to do to, gotcha. it, to make it work. Gotcha. But yeah, gotcha. it's definitely more, um, there's more standards to it. And it depends on who you're dealing with too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely, man. No, re- really, really good stuff. And I, I agree with everybody, man. Um, I'm totally a rebel when it comes to a lot of the standards and things like that. I just go with whatever sounds good to me even. And, you know, you get the people that's like, no, you should do it like this. You should do it like that. And like Ellip said, man, like if whoever wants it is happy or whatever I'm trying to do in the project, and you know, whoever the project is for, if they're happy or if just for me and I'm happy, then, you know, it really doesn't matter. And that's I think that's the thing that we try to get across to a lot of these folks that are asking us these questions is a lot of stuff is, you know, trial and error, you know, being creative. I mean, because we're talking about art. Like he said, art is sound. You're talking about music like this is it's all about creativity and expressing yourself. And who's to say? I mean, there's a lot of things that are now standards that started off as being different. Right. Like somebody just tried something and they was like, everybody's like, no, don't do that. You know, parallel compression, all that type of stuff. Like a lot of these things come from accidents. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's definitely um, I, would, about I, would, I would also add that um, anybody that's starting out that wants to do this, uh, you know, um, take some time, you know, uh, I don't, maybe Sean could recommend a book or something, but it's super important to understand the basic fundamentals of frequency, mm-hmm. you know, understand uh, what frequency is, why you're using it. Uh, understand filtering, understanding EQing, um, what those things really mean, what they are, you know, that affects your levels tremendously. Mm -hmm. If you understand, you know, what the frequency ranges of the different instruments you're using and the the different, where the different sounds sit in that range, in that circle, what that means when, you know, when the guys are saying minus 18 DB, what does that actually mean? How does that translate to someone who doesn't know what that is? We all get it because mm-hmm. that's what we do. But, you know, if I said to someone, you know, I, I want to, I want it to hit at plus six. What yeah. does that mean? What does that look like? What does that sound like? What, what, what does it mean? You yeah. know, what is plus and minus? What are all those things? You know, hundred Hertz. What does that translate as? What is it? So um, yeah, study frequencies, you mm-hmm. know, like really, read read some books you know some of the stuff you have to actually read you have to actually study yeah and i know i've seen like i've seen like those frequency charts where kind of people will map out the instruments and where they land in different frequencies Mm -hmm. and stuff like like, super important to understand stuff like that man is super helpful because it's like okay now you can kind of like you said you can kind of see where things can sit and that can definitely help with your levels and stuff um dope 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 stuff as always guys i really always just appreciate your insight and everybody's feedback on on these different questions and like i said for the people out there watching um, make sure you come to the group and ask your questions because we're asking questions that people are giving us like each each show each topic is from a question that somebody had so just make sure you're getting those in um and of course before we dip i want to if anybody has anything going on that they want to share um or any classes courses whatever it is that you got going on products whatever Please uh, let the people know about that. Uh, we'll start with Ellip. Go ahead. Well, right now, um, I, I'm currently, well, I, I have several courses on uh, my website, artofsound.university. Mm-hmm. Um, I have courses that, that goes more in depth with, like, you know, Studio One mixing, like the basics of mixing, yeah. uh, mixing instruments, live instruments, or mixing sequence instruments, or learning how work in a stu- uh, machine studio and then a lot yeah. of a lot of courses about uh uh studio one and machine at the same time you know i just yeah. i just try to keep the site fresh with new ideas music production everything music production yeah 
Dope, dope. Uh, what about you, uh, TDS? I just want everyone to go to thedaydreamsound.com. Also on, geez, where am I? YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's an Insonic Haven. Come there if you want to learn anything about Insonic stuff. Subscribe, follow me on Facebook as well. Yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah, Stony. Oh man, please come, you know, follow me on my YouTube page. It's Stony's Music. Um, yeah, subscribe and, you know, I'll be uploading a bunch of new things that I'm working on. Uh, I'm also a part of the uh, Pure Mind Mentorship Program. So um, anybody who wants to, you know, sit down and just have a conversation about production and maybe they're confused about something and want to just have, you know, uh, interaction with me, you know, just, you know, book a session with me. Um, I also have uh, different courses on there on, uh, you know, showing Ableton and machine and, uh, you know, the Roly Rise and um, just how to, you know, master all these different tools and just become better at what you're doing. Um, Also check, you know, check out my website, estoniesworld.com. And um, you can then learn more about who I am and uh, all my links are there, my Instagram, my Twitter, and uh, let's just follow each other and build the community. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I look forward to meeting everybody who reaches out. Definitely, definitely. Sean, what you got going on, man? Uh, well, uh, come find me on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Sean Devine if you want to learn how to mix a lot of different stuff within production on there as well. If you want to connect, go to SeanDevine.com. I've got free content on there to help you all mix and produce and all that other stuff. So yeah, look forward yeah. to connecting. Yeah, you've also been doing some Instagram live stuff recently. I've been seeing yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Hop on Instagram. I'm <laughs> new to the live stuff, but uh, not sure. Yeah. Do you have a set time that you're always on there, or is it just? I've been doing Thursdays from like five, around five five thirty, somewhere in there. Cool. Mm. Just wrapping up the day, talking yeah. to everybody. It's fun. Yeah. I've been in there. I was checking. Yeah, Sean. yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah. I was on studio there last week. That was yeah, fun. yeah. That's oh, and up. stop and, and hold on, real quick. Sean got some drums, bro. Yeah, I don't know why definitely. he why he don't talk about it, but his drums are hard. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sean Devine got plenty of kits, man. Plenty of kits. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So uh, y'all know where to find me, man. Soundsandgear.com, or of course, hopefully you're subscribed to the Sounds and Gear YouTube channel. You can follow me on Instagram, and then from there you can get to all the other stuff I got going on. If you want to learn machine push, Ableton, whatever I'm doing at the time. Um, you can always check out my courses on lynda.com. Um, yeah, just follow me, Sounds and Gear. Just search it. And um, remember to go to the Facebook group so you can connect with all of us, ask questions, get your questions, you know, on the show. You know, like I said, each show is a specific topic, and it comes from user questions. So we want your questions, and um, just feel free to interact with all of us. Make sure you check the links to everybody's channels and pages. And um, we thank you all. We'll see you all later. Peace. Peace.